Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Ezekiel is a book of visions. The prophet Ezekiel was a young man, just 30 years old and having just concluded his apprenticeship to the priest when he received these visions. We also need a vision from God concerning his divine plan and his eternal purpose. And like Ezekiel, it's critical to pay attention to three things if we are to receive such a vision. First is the place that we are in. Second, the kind of person that we are. And third, the conditions necessary to receive these visions. We can learn something concerning all three from the pages of Ezekiel. And to help us with that, Bill Lawson has joined us for our second life study in this uh, new life study. New to us, Bill, but uh, I think maybe you give a little word of um, introduction here regarding the life study of Ezekiel. We talked about it in the opening program. Witnessly formally began the life study, this uh, comprehensive book-by-book expository speaking in 1974, I believe, springtime. These messages were actually given prior to that, some three years, right? That's right. So we're now back to about 1971. Right. And when he got to the life study and came to uh, the Old Testament, and uh, he felt that he had adequately covered the book of Ezekiel in this particular conference that he had given some three years before. So basically, he incorporated these early messages and made that the printed life study of the book of Ezekiel. But we had these tapes, and we felt it was good to go back and get that original speaking. And like all of the life study programs, they're full of enlightenment. They're full of light, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Especially concerning... God's purpose of life and building. Right. Uh, Of course, I was there in those messages given in uh, July of 1971. We were downtown Los Angeles in the Embassy Auditorium. I could never forget that. Of course, in my particular background, Ezekiel was a book that I never read, and I don't think any of the believers that I was affiliated with, we never read that book either. But as Brother Lee began to unfold that book in those 48 chapters, we were amazed at the divine revelation that just gushed forth from his being. And he was much more vigorous and energetic in those days. He was very exercised, and uh, we just received, like Ezekiel did, vision upon vision, revelation upon revelation, that this book is not just a historical book that you study in, in theology, but it is a very, very applicable book to us today as believers. We saw in the previous program, Bill, a a strong parallel between the book of Ezekiel and the book of Revelation there. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a sense, they're almost uh, sister books. Right. Maybe say something a little bit about the obvious similarities. Of course, the obvious similarities, you have the matter of the children of Israel being uh, captive in a foreign land of Babylon, and also the book of Revelation mentions a lot about Babylon in chapters 17 and 18. You have the matter of the different rivers, the different flow. You have the tide of the world there in the river Kibar mentioned in Ezekiel, and then you have uh, the uh, contrast to that to the, the river of water of life in Revelation chapter 22. 
So you have a number of comparisons and contrasts in these two books of Ezekiel and the book of Revelation. I think a lot of uh, expositors have uh, studied the book of Revelation with the book of Ezekiel as mm-hmm. a sort of a companion book. And actually, right. Ms. Witness Lee gave these messages. He sort of carried on a parallel study of Revelation. We're not right. including those messages, but there, our listeners will hear a lot of uh, references to Revelation as we go through. Okay, you mentioned these two rivers, Bill. That uh, comes up in our first section today. Let's look at some verses. Once again, we want to touch the first three verses of Ezekiel chapter 1. Now, in the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth of the month, while I was among the captives by the river Kibar, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. On the fifth of the month, it was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. The word of Jehovah came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Kibar, and the hand of Jehovah was upon him there. Bill, you mentioned the rivers now. We just saw the river Kibar. Mm -hmm. Two rivers come up in Ezekiel, the other in chapter 47, verse 1. Let me read that. Then he brought me back to the entrance of the house, and there was water flowing out from under the threshold of the house to the east. For the house faced east, and the water flowed down below the south side of the house, on the south of the altar, and verse 9, also in chapter 47, and every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes shall live, and there will be very many fish when this water comes there, and the water of the sea shall be healed, and everything shall live wherever the river comes. So two rivers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also see rivers in Revelation. Rivers, a constant theme in the whole scripture. Let's join Witness Lee as he helps us open up the visions of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was an apprentice of a priest. He just came into his apprenticeship. He was learning. Well, to see the visions needs the maturity. To accept, to take the visions also needs the maturity. You just cannot see things when you are so young. Ezekiel, to see the visions, he needed the maturity of 30 years. We have to look to the Lord that he would grant us some amount of maturity in life that we may be able to receive, to take in all the spiritual things. Then we go on to the second point. That is the place to start the seeing of the visions. It was in the land of Chaldeans. You know, Chaldee was the place where Babel started. And you have to know Babel is the title in Hebrew, which means Babylon in Greek. So Chaldee was just Babylon. The place was such a place. Ezekiel saw the visions in the place. The Satan started with the fallen people, the biggest rebellion against God. But hallelujah, such a place was also the place out of which God called Abraham. This is good, but we have to say sorry. Now, his children people 
all had been carried back to the place from where the forefather Abraham was taken out of. This is the place. And Ezekiel told us, while he was there, he was by a river. It's quite meaningful. By the river. You know, in this book, you have two rivers. One river is called Kibar in chapter 1. And the other is in chapter 47. When is the river the carried people of God away from God. And the other is the river that brings people into God's life. Do you realize that today, even on this earth, there are still these two rivers? One river, one trend, one course, one flood, one tide of this world. One river of Babylon that carries God's people away from God. But hallelujah, there's also another river on this earth. Everything shall live where the river comes. But I wish to share with you, by what river are you today? Are you by the river of Kibar? Or are you by the river that flows out of the joining place of God? Bill, we're touching uh, some items necessary for us to receive kind of vision from God concerning his purpose. First thing we saw here, of course, so we talked about this in the previous program a little bit, just, just to review quickly. Uh, this was not a teenager. This was a man now 30, and having concluded his apprenticeship, there's significance there, isn't there? Right. That means maturity because the priest began his uh, formal service at the age of 30 until 50. So 25 to 30, Chris, is a time of apprenticeship. Now Ezekiel is mature. He's qualified. He's able to receive the visions, the divine things from God, and qualified to speak them and present them to God's people. Let's talk for a minute now about this place. Uh, he received these visions in Chaldea. That was the place of Babel and then later Babylon, or mm-hmm. Babel and Babylon. Uh, these are This significant location in Scripture, isn't it? Right, very, very significant, because we know from uh, the forefather Abraham, Abraham was called out of Ur of the Chaldees, and God called him out of there and made of Abraham a great nation, the nation of Israel. Now we see centuries later, yeah. the very father of the, of the nation of Israel, now that was brought out of Babylon, now his nation is brought back to the same place <laughs> in captivity. So it's very significant. Uh, all right. Now, we're seeing an identification with the first of these two rivers with this point you just made, the return or the carrying back of God's people out of the land that God had you know, designed for them, designated mm-hmm. for them, ordained for them, and back to this place of rebellion mm-hmm. uh, that historically was the first major rebellion of God's people against God initiated by Satan at the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about this river that carried the people back to such a place? 
well, Chris, I, we have to realize that for God's people to be carried away from the land, that the land we know is a type of Christ. So to be uh, taken off the land of Israel into another land, a strange land of Babylon, means that we've lost our enjoyment and experience of Christ as believers. That's not a small thing. Another problem is that after we're carried away from our enjoyment and experience of Christ to, to a land of Babylon, there's a river there. There's a tide there. There's a flood there, as Brother Lee said. That is the course of this age that just takes us away from God, away from God's purpose, away from God's economy. And if we stay in that river, God has nothing on the earth as a testimony. So we don't want to have any relationship with Kibar. We want that relationship with Ezekiel 47, where when God's house is built up in the land on the earth, then a river or uh, the triune God can flow out of that corporate expression and bring the triune God as life to all of God's people and even to the unbelievers. And this really is an apt picture today. The tide of this age is absolutely away from God. Mm -hmm. It is carrying God's people. It's carrying those who are even preordained to become God's people, always in a direction away from God. That's just the course of the world that we live in. Yet, out of God's house, out of his habitation, is another river that's bringing us into God, into the divine life, really into the center of God's heart's desire. That's the river we want to be constantly spending our time in, isn't it? It's interesting, too, there that uh, Ezekiel was not in the river, Kibar. He was by the river. So yeah. that was a, that's somewhat of a consolation that uh, even though he was in the land of captivity there, eventually God used him because he spoke for God there to God's people to bring them out of Babylon and bring them back to the land of Israel where God's house could be built right. and where the flow could eventually issue out from God's house. And when we get to uh, chapter 47, we'll see that that river, the river of life, is one that he is fully immersed in and the water keeps rising and he's talking about from the ankles to his thighs and on up. That's what we want to have is right. our, our river experience. Right. Okay, Bill, let's go on. We want to talk a little bit more now about the kind of person necessary to see the vision, the kind of person that Ezekiel was. Here's Witness Lee. Then we go on to point three. The man, the person that sees the vision. What a person was Ezekiel. Number one. He was a priest. He was a priest, and we will pray today. A priest is one that lives in the presence of God, serving God, mingle himself with God in God's presence. Ezekiel was such a person, a priest. And the number two, he was the son of beauty. Beauty means what? Despised, contempt. If you read the book, you just can see this prophet was very much despised. He was a prophet of contempt, despised by the people. You know the meaning of the word Ezekiel? It means God, the Almighty One, is your strength. Regardless how much people will despise you, you got to be strengthened. Despised, yes, by people, but strengthened by God. You know, the word Ezekiel ends with E-L. E-L means what? The Almighty One. Yes, I am the son of Buddha, but I am Ezekiel. 
Well, Bill, we're looking at the kind of person Ezekiel was that could receive such a vision. First, he was a priest. That means he was intimately, uh, continually involved with God, wasn't he? That's right. A priest, we know. In the Old Testament, he's one with God. He's filled with God. He handles the things of God. He's living in God's presence. He's handling the priestly things. He's wearing the priestly clothes. He's living in the very inner presence uh, with the very presence of God. So he's qualified in that he is, in a sense, separated unto God to be qualified to receive things from God. And, of course, contrary to what has become the traditional practice and understanding, according to the New Testament, all of God's people are called to be such priests, aren't we? We're all qualified in Christ. We have him as our garment. We have him as the substance in the very center of our living, and our experience is that we can be in his presence. Right. Revelation 5 tells us that God made us to be a kingdom and priests. That means every redeemed, regenerated believer in the Lord is a priest, according to the divine revelation. Okay, let's look at this other aspect now. Uh, He identifies himself in verse 3 of chapter 1 as the son of Buzi. I guess that's how you pronounce it, B-U-Z-I. And that word means a despised one. And Ezekiel, as a a servant of God, a servant of the Lord, was despised and rejected by his people, wasn't he? Right. On one hand, we think, oh, he should be honored and glorified. He's the one that's trying to bring his people out of captivity. But on the other hand, probably the majority of the people there in Babylon, they despised Ezekiel, the son of Buzi. But yet he had God's word to help them get out of their captivity. So it's, it's hard to understand sometimes that the very one that God will use to bring his people out of captivity will be despised by his own people. Yet the name Ezekiel means that God, the Almighty One, is strengthening him. Right. Uh, So this is the other aspect. Even though we may be in a situation where we're despised and even condemned by others, God is our strength. That's right. Bill, let's go on and take a look at some of the conditions that were necessary for Ezekiel and are necessary for us. And I pick a verse from uh, the New Testament because it parallels what we're going to hear regarding Ezekiel, and that is uh, from Matthew chapter 3 regarding the Lord Jesus, interestingly, who was also 30 years old when he entered his ministry. Right. Uh, in chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 of Matthew, it says, And having been baptized, Jesus went up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens saying, This is my Son, the Beloved, in whom I have found my delight. We have an open heaven, and we have God's Word. And uh, we'll see the same in Ezekiel. Then, the condition to see the basins. It's wonderful. First of all, the heavens were opened. Whenever there is some people on this earth that are one with God, the heavens will be opened. You know, the first time the Bible says the heavens were opened was when Jacob, as a naughty boy, wandered on the way to escape his brother. In the night, he got a dream. In the dream, he saw the heavens were opened to him. What does this signify? This simply signifies God was going to gain this naughty boy, Jacob, as God's beachhead on this earth. That the heavens may be open to this earth. And you know, when the Lord Jesus came, when you got baptized, all of a sudden, 
heavens were open to declare that now there was a man on this earth who was one with God in the heaven. Now, in the land of captivity, there was a man, Ezekiel, who was matured to be one with God. So, by that time, the heavens were open to him. You know, today, the principle is the same. We do need the heavens open to us. But we have to be the Ezekiel's. If we are the Ezekiel's, we do have the open heaven. What we pass on to the children of God must be something we saw. Must be something as a vision we got out of the open heaven. It must be some vision. Oh, the heavens were opened and the visions came. Not only so, the word of God came to Ezekiel expressly. Some express word. Oh, the heavens opened. The visions came, and the word came also. What follows? The hand of God. The heavens, the visions, the words, and the hand. You know, if what we minister is of God, if what we minister is of God's word, God's hand always follows his mouth. Whatever he says, he does it. If you minister a lot, yes, nothing happens. What means this? You just have a bubbling mouth, <laughs> but you don't have working out hand. Oh, today we need the heavens open. We need the vision coming. And we need the word to come expressly. But we also need God's hand. He will do what he speaks. Bill, we tried to warn our listeners that he was speaking with a very exercised spirit in those days. And that, as you said, I mean, the light is just pouring forth here. Look at what we have. An open heaven, the visions of God, his express word in his hand following his speaking to carry out what he has spoken. Wow. Right, Chris. There's a real sequence here that's very important. If we are not the mature persons that uh, living a life of a priest, then we cannot be, in a sense, a prophet, one who speaks for God. We don't have the maturity. We don't have the experience of life. But Ezekiel was a particular uh, kind of person absolutely one with God, so the heavens were open to him. That means the divine things, the spiritual things, just flooded into him. And then, after the heavens were open, he had to see something. The heavens may be open, we don't see anything, but he began to see something, and then out of what he saw, he began to speak. And it says the word of the Lord came expressly, which means particularly, definitely. He got some particular visions, a particular word to utter to his fellow ones in captivity. And then not only that, as a kind of a confirmation that God was with him, God's hand followed that. That means things happened. Exactly what he spoke of in his prophecies and his speaking, those things came to pass. They happened. So God was leading him. God was directing him. So you have the secret of these four matters showing what kind of a person Ezekiel was. And then, I, I like this last point, Bill, as we just uh, now are running out of time, but let's just mention, 
verse 3 concludes this way and says, and the hand of Jehovah was upon him there. So following the open heaven, following the vision, following God's express specific word, then comes his hand, meaning he's going to fulfill what he has just spoken. Right. That's important because we may minister, we may be powerful, we may be uh, capable uh, yet uh, nothing happens after we minister. <laughs> and so in other words, so then you begin to realize, oh, what happened here? I, I spoke this. I thought it was something the Lord was doing, but then the Lord's hand is not there. For the Lord's hand to be with us is not a small thing. That means practically speaking, uh, things happen. Things are carried out according to the vision that we see to be able to be a real supply to God's people. Well, a wonderful start here, these last two programs, and Witnessly entitled this conference The Visions of Ezekiel, and I think that is what we are being uh, exposed to early on, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Great to have you, Bill. Hope you can join us for many of these programs. It's a pleasure to be here. We want to encourage you to contact us uh, quickly. I'll give you our toll-free number if you'd like to get the printed Life Study messages. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And if we have whetted your appetite, uh, for this book of Ezekiel, you'll want this printed life study. Again, one eight 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 life study. Join us for our next program for Bill Lawson. I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening today. In Philippians one twenty, the Apostle Paul said, "In nothing I will be put to shame, but with all boldness, as always, even now, Christ will be magnified in my body." How can Christ be magnified? How can he be made greater than he already is? Although he is great and worthy of all praise and honor, he still needs to be magnified in our experience of him. He needs to be enlarged in our practical daily living, and according to Paul's word in Philippians 1.19, such a practical experience is our salvation. In a series of messages given in 1978, Witness Lee conducted a detailed study of Paul's Epistle to the Philippians revealing its emphasis on the experience of Christ. These messages have been published in the book, The Experience of Christ, which is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order a copy from Living Stream Ministry by calling 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788.